Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. Troll Etiquette 101. Is there a right time, a wrong time, a right way, a wrong way? Norman Locke, host of the Morning Lock In, is here with me for the next two hours. We've got uh, plenty in store for you. You know, before last night, the last time, um, you know, a, a, a pair of teammates in a single postseason in NBA history scored 25 points and shot 50% from the field was Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen in 1992. Last night, LeBron James and Anthony Davis did it. Um, couldn't have gone much worse for the Heat. We'll break down game one of the NBA Finals. Major League play, uh, Baseball playoffs in full effect. In uh, NFL Week 4 begins tonight with what might go down as the worst game of the season on paper. Uh, not exactly a salivating matchup, and yet a lot of you out there know you're still going to watch it anyway because, you know, it's the NFL. Uh, Cajuns, Tigers, and more. We're going to chat about all of it. Plus, open phone lines at 269-1077. And the latest dance craze in football that is uh, spreading like wildfire. He talked to the guy that created the dance. Norman Locke is in the house. Good morning, Norman. Whoa. Good morning, Scott. You know, you have a way of just... Trolling people, getting a reaction out of them, all while also rooting for a team that's one and two. Well, so, so what? What is the? What is the? Um, you know, give some tips of how you you're somehow able to just throw the hooks out and people on social media always just bite <laughs> down. A Saints game's on. I'm like, it does. Y'all don't understand. It doesn't matter. They could play perfect. <laughs> Or not play well, and Norman's going to have all these hooks out. Y'all are all going to bite them. And I just shake my head every time. I'm like, look at this. Look, look, they just look, bite, hook, See, line, and sinker. Because it is an etiquette to it. You know, sometimes you can't um, start in, in your own troll. You need helpers. And the helpers of your narrative push the the smaller hooks to catch the bigger fish. So when other journalists drop stats that I want to highlight – you know, I start the conversation with them. And then Saints fans angrily see those accurate stats. It didn't come from me. So they can't full-on be upset with me. But they see me only depicting the stats that I want to give out. And that, and that starts the conversation. And then we can have a, a educated conversation yeah, about but those they, But no, it's usually not educated. One, <laughs> one or two fans will get mad. Then you'll quote them. And you'll just refer to all Saints fans as that individual, like as if they speak for millions of people. You're no. like, look at this. Look at these Saints fans thinking this. It's like, that's just one jabroni that took the bait. No, see, when I speak for the, the all Saints fans, it's when, you know, you go you go on your search bar and you type Saints. And then you're going to see the top tweets to the left and the latest tweets to the right if you click latest. But if you look at the top tweets... Those are the funny trolls, and those all come from the heart. So if you read those top tweets, half of them all are saying the same thing. But the majority that I side with when I say Saints fans. So if the top 15 tweets are saying, you know, some form of fashion of Drew Brees' arm is shot, Saints fans feel this way. Or if Taysom hits, like when Taysom fumble, then he's trending, and you click Taysom, and the top 15 tweets is 
Taysom Hill, why did we sign him? In that that moment, of course they're going to be hot and emotional. You also have a timeline that is specific, like, to you. You ever seen The Social Dilemma? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it's just, it's, it's, it's catered to Norman Locke. Well, not when you hit the search. When you hit the search, you see in everybody's tweets who, who, uh, types the same hashtag, and then I roll with the top 15. So that top 15 is like, Taysom Hill's the worst quarterback we ever had. We shouldn't, why is Taysom ever, okay, I got, ooh, that's what y'all saying? All right, let me join in the conversation. Boom, 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 boom. Now I'm a part of that conversation. And then everybody else who's rational see me being irrational, and then they turn irrational. You just, you just tap into the moments where someone would be most irrational. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that, which that is, which is every Sunday when a football game's on. Especially when my team <laughs> has the same record as the Saints. The Cowboys are... What, what, what is it? Why, Jerry Jones just can't help himself, can he? He just can't... He can't stay out, though. He, he can't, stay can't out the media. help himself. He's like... He's just this this billionaire that's like, oh, I like that car on the lot. I, you know what? I want them all. I want. I, I like that car too. That one's pretty. Yeah, but Jerry, you just bought this Rolls Royce. Like, why are you why are you talking about how much you want this Porsche too? It's like Clyde Edwards Elaire. Yeah, boy, I wish we had, I wish he had followed to the second round. Okay, I, you know that that's nice, but you just paid Zeke all the money. You don't have to publicly say these things or like. Yeah, I mean, I wish you know Dak. I wish Dak could be. You know, I wish I had a mobile. This it's like what. Guys, your, nah, your the, defense the is so bad, you're quote, having to have this guy throw 400-plus yards just to try to win a game that you're still not winning. The total quote isn't as bad as what was quoted. I listened to the whole audio clip. All right, all right. no, 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 no. You, do, you as a troll do not get to do that because if it, the shoe was on the other foot, you would be oh, snipping no. and cutting. I know. When I first seen the guy <laughs> tweeted, Clarence, I forgot uh, Clarence's last name. When I first seen him tweet, he, he's, he's like me. He does that. Takes that snippet out of 104 the fan, 50 fan, 105 the fan. I think that's what it is in Dallas. And he 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 he, he clickbaited, and that was hell of a clickbait. He did it perfectly, but he trolled that, the troll. Yes, he trolled. He no, he trolled <laughs> no, us no, all. No, 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 he trolled he the troll. That. No, 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 no. Just admit it. Yeah, I'm part of everybody. Uh, oh, because okay. he got uh, all Cowboys fans. Riled up until people started dropping <laughs> I mean, the entire audio clip. I'm like, you sneaky. You got you almost got me with that one. Cause I was I was about to tear it to almost. Jerry. Like, Jerry, you 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 this is not how you get a cheaper car. This is not how you get a discount, Jerry. You don't go and bash uh Dak Prescott and compare him to Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson negatively. So but I listened to the whole quote. He didn't mean it like that. Um, but Jerry, you gotta be quiet. We wanted to right now. You gotta, you gotta stop. Oh boy! But that's Jerry. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta take the good with the bad. <clears throat> yeah, it's been, it's been bad for a while for old Jerry. It's been a while since old Jerry won those Super Bowls there, Norm. You know, and this is why me and the Saints fans start getting that gripe. It's been a while too, and them, them years are starting to tack on, Scott. And every time we talk. It's, it's another day that 2009 was further away. I, 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 for one, don't reference the glory days of 2009 the way <laughs> Cowboy fans reference five Super Bowls that were a long time ago. It could, I mean, it's because no, 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 no. You don't Look, you got to be honest. History. Cowboys fans, they lean on the Super Bowl thing a ton. I mean, don't Steelers fans also? Yeah, but we're not talking about Steelers but fans. But don't. 
Patriots fans. No, actually, also? they don't. No, because those teams have won more recently. Those teams are currently good. Well, what's more recent? The Steelers was in what 2011, maybe 12. I think Patrick. 2008 was the Eight. season last time they won one. Yeah. yeah, so it's been a. I'm looking at the clock like okay. That's been a while. They don't. I, I, I don't. I don't been, find that they lean on that anytime some trash talking begins. Like, oh yeah, look at this. Check skins on the wall. Bring it now. How maybe many arguments maybe have you when with they maybe fans, when though? they specifically argue with Cowboys fans because the Cowboys fans typically lean to look at the rings and then of course the Steelers will counter with well yeah but look at ours too right Cowboys do that when they're arguing with like but anybody I'm gonna say they lead Steelers fans lead with it they like to lead also with Terry Bradshaw as their goat Terry. Terry didn't even want to be. Terry didn't even like the Steelers yeah, until a couple I'm like, years ago. I'm like, so he did not like how they treated him. So we be going, we be clashing, and I'd be like, you know, Troy Aikman was better than Terry Bradshaw, and they get upset about that. No, that's that's true, but that's true. That's true. But they'll be upset about it, and then you go to Tony Romo versus Big Ben. I'm like, well, they, I mean, Big Ben had a better defense, but I still feel like Tony Romo was a better quarterback. I don't know. I think I think Big Ben. If you take an entire body of work, is a better quarterback. Now, if you want to say Romo Skills. at his absolute peak was better, you, you could do that for a number of things. But just overall, if you just look at consistency career, I think Ben's still better. Right, yeah. No, I give him with the consistency. But I, I was just going like straight skill set of being a quarterback, uh, Tony Romo. But, yeah, like if you say, I mean, he played. He's I mean, it's like saying, look, Gail Sayers is one of the best ever. Someone's like, yeah, but like it was for only like a few years. years. It's like, yeah. okay, yeah, but when he was at the peak. Now, Romo wasn't one of the best ever. That's not what I'm saying. No. Just in, his in terms of, yeah, like, like, sorry, Cowboys fans. At his peak, Gail Sayers is better than Emmitt Smith. Now, is Emmitt Smith the better running back? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, look at, look at the entire body of work in the right. career, you know. Um, but I, I understand that argument, certainly. I mean, look, you That's you know crazy. me. I mean, I, I I certainly don't root for the Cowboys, but I I defended Romo for years. I mean, yeah, I was like, this nah, is, that was, you know, Antonio Romo, y'all y'all just want to pile on him because he's a quarterback of the Cowboys. I get it. But, um, no, he was, he was better as a quarterback than he got credit for, and it was never as bad or all on him as people made it out to be when they would – Falter in a big moment, you know. It was it was a uh, Roy Williams. I blame I blame every I blame all the Cowboys losses of the two thousands, the late two thousands, on Roy Williams. I always like, like to say which Roy Williams, but you're like the wide receiver, the wide receiver. I'm sorry, wide, yeah, yeah. ESPN for sure. You, I'm talking to you. <laughs> Wonder what he's up to now. Best receiver in Texas history, right? Yeah. How many good receivers have come out of the University of Texas? Two. <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm giving you a hard. I'm going under. We're taking the under, but I'm giving you two. It's just, it's if you look at some of the best ever, it's like you would think that that university would have had some better, really strong wide receivers. Well, how come I look out at it, the, the, the SEC. Um, I mean, not the SEC. Um, in the Big Twelve. Big Twelve wide receivers. Yeah, I, Big Twelve. Um, they usually have a, a, a good crop of wide receivers, but, I mean, I wouldn't say that there's, like, this one conference where, like, all the wide receivers come out of. Kind of not not like, you know, you want an SEC offensive lineman or you want a, a, a SEC running you want a, You want an offensive lineman from Wisconsin. That's what no, you, you, you really want, want a Wisconsin lineman. You want a Wisconsin offensive lineman. That's what you want. 
Uh, I don't know if I don't know about all the other positions, but offensive linemen. They yeah. breeding them. They are breeding them out there in Wisconsin. I, I, I remember listening to Deion Sanders once. He's like, I was. He's like, they they recruited me in Madison. Like, I was from the South. Like, hated the cold. Had never been anywhere. I got all these schools offering me all this stuff. I'm they're checking out things on the beach or these parts. And they said, come up here in the snow. I was like, no. Why would I? He's like, but I got to give him credit. They just kept calling me and recruit me. I'm like, I don't want to go to Madison. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going anywhere with no snow. I'll tell you that. Like me, if it with with uh when LSU, not LSU, but when all the colleges was coming to St. Aug to recruit uh Leonard Fournette and stuff like that, and he was going through his options, if he wouldn't have went to LSU, he would have went to Miami or he went to Florida State. Like like we not leaving us out. You for sure would have went, but Dalvin Cook ended up going to Florida State at the same time. So um, they kind of stopped him from going that route. But if he would have went to Florida State, it would, you know, never know how that, that program would have turned out. I know it would been in better hands than it is. I mean, now it's kind of turned around, but the last couple of years, sheesh, no, it's, it's, it's been rough. It's, it's rough. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad. It's, uh, it's not what it used to be. Now I look at a Florida State and I look at a Nebraska and I'm like, which one can get back to being the perennial power they once were? You can do it at Florida State. I look at Nebraska and remember, like how they were they were so dominant, they were so good, and I'm like, I don't understand how they can ever get back to that. Like just the world of college football and recruiting and I feel like facilities and everything. Too. It's just it's just changed. Like, well, Notre Dame is still ranked in the top ten. Like, but I don't feel the the, the mantra of Notre Dame like I used to. Like it's just like it's, it's like I don't know. Growing up, everybody had a Notre Dame. Leather jacket, you know, everybody had was rocking with the Irish man, you know. And I'm just like, as time grew, it's just like, it's just not cool to go to Notre Dame anymore. I don't know what it is, but it's just like, maybe Metatea. We got to blame Metatea. Metatea. They were still in a college football playoff recently, you know. Um, in terms of like the cool factor, they can still at least recruit around the country. Like, I mean, Nebraska, good luck. I don't know. I mean, I ain't going it's, check no coin. you know, and, and they, they love, I mean, I, I went and did a Cajuns game in Nebraska. Um, Oh nine, maybe or 2010. It was, it was not, it was, it was a, I mean, Antoine Xanders had to start at safety because the Cajuns had so many injuries going into it. And that was back when Dominican Sue was at Nebraska and, oh, Prince and, Mora, and they were, <laughs> Nebraska was still pretty good. Not like nine, late nineties. Good, but still pretty good. Um, and the atmosphere in Lincoln, like the fan base, the stadium, like it was awesome. I was like, man, like this is, I can, now I get why like college football analysts and, uh, you know, pundits and reporters say like this, Nebraska is part of college football royalty and they, you know, they had a lot of national championships, this great fan base, all this stuff. I was like, okay, I, I get it now. And yet. Over the last decade or so, it's just like they just they have this standard of win at all costs. And, you know, you had Bo Pelini, who was not winning national championships, but winning a lot of games every year, and you replaced him. And ever since then, it has just gone down and down and down and down. When you're located somewhere like Nebraska and the standard is national championships, good luck. Good luck, man. I mean, if you, you look at a Tennessee or Nebraska teams that – 
when I was, you know, in high school were two of the best in the country. Yeah, it, which which one can possibly get back to being elite, prestigious, or competing for national championships? I'm not gonna. I'm never gonna bet on Nebraska. I'm just <laughs> no, I wouldn't either. Um, not Nebraska. It's a lot of old school powerhouse teams. That's. I mean, growing up, like Alabama wasn't good. Like you know, it might it might get shaped like Clemson wasn't that good. Me growing up. Uh, then now it's just like it's like Clemson just came out of nowhere within the last last like six years. Yeah, I mean Davo Sweeney's turned him into a power. Um, Clemson was really good in like the eighties, won a national championship. Nelson Stokely was on the staff, who ended up coaching you know USL Brandon's dad for a little bit. Uh, and then they, you know, they they were a team that was ranked in the top twenty five. Tommy Bowden had them ranked in the top five briefly once, but they were never like taken serious as like okay they're gonna they're gonna compete maybe win the ACC win a national championship this year that just wasn't the case because it was yeah. like growing up it was like Notre Dame everybody was rocking with Notre Dame you know obviously the Miami Hurricanes um took the nation by storm and then I'm gonna say probably like you know that 2000 2001 two three I started watching a little bit more LSU uh Emory was um at UL, so I was getting a little Cajuns. Um, and then he played with Peanut Tillman. So I was getting a little Tillman action out here at the Cajuns, getting some Jamarcus Russell vibes out there at LSU. And then LSU just went on to be this big old powerhouse right after that. Front of the eyes, I just seen them turned up. And and I know UL was, was you know pretty bad until HUD got here. So it was just like... Is really Bobby Boucher out there? <laughs> I think Ricky. I think Ricky. You know, he had a winning record, and um, when Bustle took over, they were probably the worst um, FCS program in the country. I mean, he, God bless Ricky Bustle, man, and to to get it to where he got it, I think uh, I think he and that staff deserve a lot of credit. And then Hud came in, and with a lot of uh, a bulk of those players. You know, took him to new heights, and then it was time for a change there. And now Coach Napier's got him a three and zero. Man, how about that game last man, Saturday? What? Oh, stressful. I can't have stressful. See, it's been stressful back to back. You got the Atlanta game, you got the Cajuns game the week before. You got this Cajuns game. It's my heart has been going through too much. I need a regular week of football this week. I'm glad Cajuns are off. So Cowboys, you play the Browns. I need to, I need you to either lose swiftly or win swiftly. I can't I can't do the up and downs right now. There's right. too many up and downs. Saints, Lions, Cowboys, Browns. Who should be more nervous? Objectively. Saints. They Saints. should 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 they should either team be nervous? No, because it's still early on in the season. The um only reason why You don't want to fall one and three, though, man. You don't want to fall one and three, but in a defense of the rest of the NFC is not that good compared to the AFC. Really the right NFC now. East, man. The NFC East is terrible, but you know I think y'all got one more win than us in the NFC South. So um, it's not it's not like y'all are the Bucks are light years away from y'all from the Saints. So um, I think I think the Saints just because y'all are more in a this is Drew Brees' last year. Correct. That that's that's just it. It's like when you when you openly are saying Super Bowl or, or bust, bust and like yeah. that's it. And 
it's not just lip speak where every team's like, oh, no, that's our goal. Like, it's like, oh, you it's, look at the roster, the cap, the, top to bottom. You look at Breeze, his age, his arm. You're like, okay, yeah, uh, I guess it is. You can't lose to the Lions. And I just I look at TJ Hawkinson, look at Matt Stafford. What's something, you know, Caller pointed this out. What, what The Saints are terrified of the tight end. Biggest struggle the last two weeks has been defending the tight end. I mean, you had you had Waller just go just go off. I mean, and then you had Rodgers connect nine times, nine completions to tight ends, two of which I think were touchdowns. Mercedes Lewis, the oldest man I <laughs> tight end position. Right he now. is. He, he, it, and, and now you've got, uh, you know, while the Lions certainly are, are they're the Lions, they have some flaws. They got a good quarterback and they got a good tight end, man. Um, got I think defensively, I think that's, I think that's the, the the big issue for the Saints right now. That's uh, there are there are things that are much more concerning to me. And I actually felt coming out of that game, while a lot of the narrative, look, you're on national TV and it's Drew Brees, and I get it, but a lot of the national narrative have been, oh man, Brees, and this is the word, I. I felt better about Drew Brees after that game, much better than I did after the first two weeks. I don't know uh, why. I because the accuracy wasn't what it was the first two weeks. It was much better. Well, it 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 was better because I, from my eye test, it was like all the passes was checkdowns. Well, they were playing a cover too. He was going underneath all night. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, that's easy. That's that. That's just how I looked at it from Drew Brees. Like on on my timeline, they retweeted a video of. Um, in 2007, the Saints tweeted out. They scored, but they scored 30 points with that, Norm. So, like, what's why? Why? Why is that? Because it, uh, okay. why should you be worried about that? All right. So, why should you be more worried about that if you're a Saints fan than the defense, which has just been really bad? Not just against Aaron Rodgers, who's really good, but also against Derek Carr and the Raiders. I think the lack of the explosion of the offense is putting the defense on the field way more than the defense is used to. And I think that that's contributing to the defense being as worse as it. When you say been. explosion, what do you mean exactly? So with with the Saints and Michael Thomas, I'll say they wouldn't have a. I wouldn't call it a quick strike offense, but I'll say that they can score in five plays or less. This coming from the guy that always says all he does is run slants, which isn't true. Now you're going to say that oh, they no, can score five them, plays. He's or, missed a seven. Now yard you're saying slant. they can score in five plays or less. He's missed a seven yard slant, but the, it's seven yards of airtime. And then he gets seven yards, um, yards after the catch. So it's really a fifteen-yard completion, but it's a seven-yard slant. I mean, seven I, yards I, after I don't, the catch. They 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 only had the ball for two minutes less than Green Bay. Um, I, I, I'm I'm not with you. If the, if if the Saints have been predicated on deep passes and I you know airing it out or all this other stuff the last few years or if they had scored 15 points or if he was inaccurate like he was the first two weeks or he's just missing guys on on normal throws that he typically like, hits him in stride then I would be so you didn't I would you be didn't notice Drew every play like you know how sometimes they have the route trackers where you see where the wide receivers ran all the plays where the wide receivers ran uh passes ran routes that was deeper than 15 yards Drew is looking, double clutching, and then he takes a sack or he throws the check down. That was all night. And uh, the fan that I talked to that went to the Saints game, he mentioned that it looked like the players on the sideline were begging him to at least attempt to throw deep. No, see, we're, we're not, we're not going to say a fan on the sideline said this is what happened on the bench. I mean, that's no, – No, I mean, we can't see the sidelines, so I'm giving you – Or hear him. Or, or hear him, so I'm giving Correct. you for his – 
point of view of what he thought the temperament of the team looked like on the sideline. Like they're begging him, wanting him to at least try to go deep. And he looked, he, honestly, he looked terrified he to throw the he ball. Hasn't gone, he hasn't gone deep in a in a long time. What, what's your definition of deep? Me deep saying is saying over fifteen yards. I know. I think over fifteen. Yeah, over fifteen. Oh well, yeah, against the cover too. Look, there were times he didn't pull the trigger. I he, won't lie to you there. But here's the other thing you got to consider. They're missing the best player on their team. Agreed? 100%. He practiced yesterday. He's probably coming back. Yes. That's another reason. Whenever you've got and, – and, and this this isn't in, this isn't this I guess this is an defensive breeze, but it's also a criticism. When you have the typical route that Thomas runs a lot of the time, Seven yards it's not the third – I mean – Breeze drops back and he lets it go. Yeah. Every time. One, two, three. Now you've got Traquan running that. He's not breaking away. So now you're going through the progressions, but typically you've already released a ball in this situation and it's more times than not a completion. You bring him back into the offense. I'm not, I mean, I just, I'm, I'm much more worried about the defense right now. Much more worried about it. I'm, I'm, I'm okay because the defense still, the run defense is still stout. Run defense is still there. You're not going to play any, like, you know, uh, killer running backs. I don't think it's, a, like, the later half of the season. Uh, you got Chicago. You got Detroit. You got uh, the Chargers. So there's just been there's been no semblance of pass rush. And, yes, you've got the Lions, Chargers, Panthers, and Bears coming up. I mean, those McCaffrey are – McCaffrey is out. You know, you know so. it, it, it's – and he might be back by the time they play. They're playing, I think, in October 25th or something like that. Um I just no semblance of a pass rush at all. Well, Cam Jordan's getting doubled and he's getting shipped. Yeah, but he, he again, right, right. Like it's it's the it's we, like we I'm, we're having the same problem in Dallas. So I haven't figured it out because Demarcus Lawrence has been yeah. non-existent, but he I mean, always gets doubled. He but. had an off-season little operation, but it's like this isn't new. And I do think you know Davenport when he comes back can certainly help. Although you know, Mister Two First, you. you who knows when you? I mean, look at he practiced again. He might come back for a week and then be back, and he might be out again. You know, this is his last year with the Saints. So, well, no, no, he's not based on his contract. That's not his last. It's not his last year with the Saints. Saints gonna get him all, but um, get a nice third pick, third round, third pick round, <laughs> third round pick. Sheesh, that'd be bad. Two ones for a three. Um, I, 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 outside of like Demario Davis and Malcolm Jenkins at times, I'm like, what? I mean, Marshawn Lattimore, like he, if he's not playing someone that's good, if how do you, how do you shut down Mike Evans every time? And then you just get toasted by Alan Lazard and Scotty Miller. <laughs> like, like, like those are well, he, household names. He didn't guard Scotty a ton, but he got burnt. A lot. I, I just, I'm like, dude, what, like, what's, what, what's, what's, what is this? Lazard. Because, because I remember there was like. When it was like Devontae Adams was out, it's like hot take. You might even want him in because you know Lattimore's going to come to play. And when he's not now, now Kenny Galladay is good. Now he, he's not Mike Evans, but he's actually no, he's, no, he's, no. he's, he's really he's, good. He's, he's, right now, he's like in top five in receiving. Sure, sure. So maybe Lattimore will actually come to play. But now you got Janoris Jenkins, who's was out of practice yesterday with an illness. I guess that's. Not as concerning if it you know was a knee or a groin or something, but if you don't have him, um, and suddenly you're having to start PJ Williams or Patrick Robinson and not play those guys in the nickel, okay, now you've got a concern here, especially considering again 
who's the leading guy with receptions right now on the on the Lions? It's it's their tight end TJ Hawkinson. So I that's I, who I'm terrified I, of. I just I got I got more concerns right now about the defense, especially with Michael Thomas back at practice. And Alvin Kamara, I mean, just go ahead and give that guy another extension. Yeah, no, nah, I'm going to say that. He's, <laughs> he's single-handedly saving the Saints now. You know, I've always said uh, one of the big problems that, you know, I get into it with Saints fans because y'all look at it more of it, more of it in a positive light. But I just, I, you know, when your running back is leading, even with Michael Thomas out, but when they had Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara was always number two in receptions and targets. When your running back is leading the receiver, I don't look at it, you know, as a positive because it seems like that's where it's predicated. That's where it only can get the production from. But, man, I mean, he is putting up the production, you know, but I just— 153 rushing yards on 31 carries, 285 receiving yards on 27 receptions. That's— He got more receiving yards than running yards, you know, so I'm— That's that's like he is—he's playing— you get, I mean, McCaffrey did it a ton last year. He was a thousand and a thousand guy. Camaro's got a chance to do it this year. Although Latavius looked really good early, and you kind of got away from that power run game, which was I working. Hate early. When Sean gets away, now one Latavius runs through the hole like he's waiting tables, and it drives me crazy. Like he runs straight up. That's, that's his pad level. Yeah, he yeah, just, he, he's, he's he, and, he, and he's tall. Like, he's I know he's tall. And it's like, bro, get down a little bit. He's just like. Boom! He's gonna run into the line, stand and strum like he really runs through the hole like he's waiting tables. Like just, I'm up, but it's like six yards of carry every time he slams into the line. I'm like he's gonna hit the line. Like I do, you should just like lay down and get five point five yards because he was tall and he ran hard. It's like Latavius is the new Deuce McAllister. Like he's gonna just hit the pile as hard Don't say as possible. New Deuce McAllister. There's only there's only one <laughs> Deuce McAllister. Come on now. Man, Latavius could be Deuce. I feel like Latavius could be the Deuce McCaster if he was able to be a bell no, cow. No. I, I think Latavius. No, could. and Deuce Deuce was a great receiving running back as well. Yeah, um, big guy. He uh, he has some, he has some good hands, man. Deuce, once he stopped playing, he uh he put Ooh. on about a Deuce, huh? Man, what? <laughs> I used to see him on them com- them uh, car com- car commercials like. Man, that's two deuces. That's the, that's Deuce Deuce. Hey, living the good life. I think Deuce does a really good job on color as well, man. He uh, he's come a long way and uh, he's good. One of the more beloved players in in Saints history. And it's weird when you look at it. It's not like he would like have this long, long stretch. I think it's like nine years. Um, no, I mean he was a rookie in '01, and his last year was '08. And that last year he didn't play much. I know in '09 they they put him on a playoff roster for two games, but he didn't play. Um, and, and, you know, two of those years ended early because of injuries. So it's not like there was this yeah, the l- Katrina year, right? There wasn't this long stretch where it was like he was, there was a few years where he was, I mean, 2002, three, four, he was really, really good. Um, really good. In 06, he was really good Four really, really solid years. Uh, one of which he was sharing it with Reggie Bush and the 06 Saints, which there were all these different storylines and other things that were part of it. And yet he's just like, just beloved. Is there a guy that like just had, um, not super small, but a, a, a somewhat small window of time with the Cowboys, and yet he's just beloved? Because you go back to like, you know, the triplets and all the, you know, the guys on the Super Bowl Cowboys Murray. teams, they were there for like, 
fuck. You you think Cowboys fans love Murray like Saints fans love McAllister? No, but he played a shorter time. He no, I, but yeah, that's what I mean. I'm not talking about in terms of like on the field. I'm talking about in terms of like the fan base loving a player that didn't have Jeff like Heath. Jeff Heath. Man, there's a Heath hive. Like what? Yes, they call him the goat. I don't know why, but that's the running joke. Jeff Heath is the goat. Jeff Heath, Bruh, He has a hive in Dallas, and you got you got fans He's like 29. me. He has a hive. Scott. He's still playing. He's on the Raiders. And he has a Cowboys hive. He, that people love him. I've never loved. I he's never should have been a starting safety for us. He never. But every people were always injured, and he always showed up to play. He had heart. Never had height. Never had that much skill. But in Dallas, they love him. They love some Jeff Heath. I never did. <laughs> Don't know why. They he has nicknamed the Goat, Scott. Why? I, he, you he, telling he, me he's, he's not he's not Bill Bates? No. Okay, <laughs> he's not Bill Bates. Cowboys fans, I get that one. But Jeff Heath, they love him. But I mean, I, so they again, were devastated when he signed with the Raiders. <laughs> the, the Jeff Heath hive was <laughs> devastated. They call him. They call him the goat, bro. Like. I don't understand, but you got... Was part of it just, like, to be ironic? Yes. Okay. And then people started, like, falling in love with him, you know? It like, started as a joke, and then it became a real... A real thing. A, it was real, like, a real thing. Like, understand, Scott, there were times Jeff Heat was checking Megatron. And that never should have happened. And that happened. Like, he should... I don't know why, but he's happened. He's only had, like, maybe, like, two all-around, like, game-saving plays in maybe like the seven years he played for the Cowboys. And it's like, what? You know, so I, I don't know. I never understood it. But my choice would be DeMarco Murray. He only played five seasons. And on five seasons, he had over 1,000 yards each each year. And we had, you know, the best stretch of Tony Romo, Des Bryant, Tony Romo, to get, I mean, uh, DeMarco Murray with them three together. And then he left and then fell off a cliff. So it, it seems like it was a great business decision. But... Yeah, yeah. ESP at fourteen twenty and dot com. Child Marion Barber too. He was one of my favorites. It's, all right. See, Marion was just that was one of my favorites. That dude <laughs> ran over everyone, and and it wasn't like I think I think that's a good one. Yeah, Cowboys fans certainly love that guy. Part of it too is like who's on the team when you're there, and did you ever play for someone else? Yeah, he, I don't. Deuce think only played, played for the Saints, and when he was there, the other favorite up until 06. It changed in 06. but again. Deuce, Deuce was part of 06. In 07, he got, you know, he tore his ACL in week three. And then in 08, he only he only played a little bit. I mean, he was inactive in some games, and the franchise was sort of in the beginning of the, the Peyton Breeze era, if you will. So Joe Horn was was probably – Joe Horn and then Sammy Knight. But Sammy left after 02, and he was in other teams. Horn had that one year in Atlanta, and – it was like, other than Joe, Deuce was kind of like the guy. And Joe was so, you know, flamboyant and out there. And I think Deuce was kind of the end of that yang, just like, just a bruiser. And then was a big part of the the, the playoff win in 06. And just, it, it all just kind of fell at the right time for Deuce. Uh, and, you know, he just, his personality somehow That's just worked. Guy. I don't know. I mean, it, I and I love Deuce. I mean, Deuce is great. People... Everyone loves Deuce. The but, Bill uh, Man. But Michael Lewis, yeah. I'm going to say Michael Lewis, that was the first football player ever come to, like, my elementary school. And, like, everybody was so excited. And it, was, it was just astonishing. Like, 
he really was a bill man. <laughs> it was like, yeah. and he gave every, I promise you, everybody in elementary school was just like, I can make it to the league now. <laughs> I remember he, uh, gosh, he was on a, a, a they had the, the Jim Haslett coaches shows at different places in New Orleans, depending on the year. Maybe one year it was Planet Hollywood or Hard Rock or something like that. And, uh, and Michael Lewis was one of the guests. And he was like, man, two years ago, this was on my route. <laughs> like, I, I used to dri- drive a truck down, uh, you know, the stereo, you know, North Peters or South Peters, just narrow street. I would have to turn into this small garage, you know. I mean, it's French Quarter, everything's tight. And I would, yeah, I drop the beer off here. Yeah, it's like oh, now you're <laughs> now you're a guest on this Saints show and uh, answering questions, man. That's just it. Really was like Rudy is this <clears throat> and, and invincible and these other. Stories of guys that like overcame the odds. Invincible is more impressive because that guy played in the league. And Michael Lewis, that one's more impressive because not only did he play in the league, he was he holds he actually holds NFL records like all time for 2002 in terms of the return game and uh, I think it's most punt return yards in a single season in the history of the league. So it's not like he just made the team. He he was good. He was he was a Pro Bowler and like holds NFL records. It's like. That's a movie, and you know, you, Rudy is like, I get it. People love it, but there's a lot of inaccuracy. That's the guy I played for the Eagles. No, no, no. That's that's Vince Pompoli. That's invisible. Rudy is the Notre Dame guy that walked on and you know got a sack and all that stuff. And the movie, which came out, I think the year you were born, I'm about to say, I, no, was I'm like playing, I, it's like it's like a, a very popular sports movie, but like. You know, Joe Montana, who, shout out to him and his wife for stopping a burglar who tried to kidnap their grandchild in the most insane story from sports over the weekend. Um, We'll get to the phone lines here in just a second. Hang tight, everybody. You know, like, Joe Montana was on the team that Rudy was on. He gets asked about it all the time. He's like, look. Good for good for Rudy Rudiger for making a career and a life out of all this stuff. But, you know, it didn't exactly go down like that. And that team, that Notre Dame team was loaded and everyone just asked about it. Point is, like, there's a lot of things about it that are not accurate and are put on for drama and for the movie and stuff like that. So he like was that. a walk-on and he got, like, a major sack? I'm, I'm just... Yeah, that, that is a very condensed version. Okay. Yes. Very, very close to It's a little deeper than that, but yes. Um, but he he's basically lived a life off of it, um, and he's a motivational speaker and this other stuff. So he like, never made it to the NFL? No, no, he wasn't. Oh, no, he man. wasn't played at all. <laughs> Michael Lewis played, made it to, like he he gets on an NFL team and becomes he, a, a a freaking NFL record holder for single season hey, Mike, return the yards. Saints got a tryout football. tomorrow. You want to go hang by? You want to go swing over there? Uh, when I get off, I, I think I'm yeah. gonna go. After I drop off the beer, I'll just walk into the airline drive. Just maybe I'll just jump the fence and run. And run know, a four the, four yeah. right quick. That's what they did. They saw <laughs> Jim Hassel was like apparently he was in his office and he looked out and he saw these guys trying out and he saw this guy just speed past everyone. He's like, "Who is that?" And then that was in 2000. And the next year he ends up cracking through, I think, and eventually making the team. But what a story! And he still works for the team. I think he's like yeah, an ambassador he's a, for yeah. him and. Why? He yeah, he should be. Yes, he, he should be. He, he's still talking to elementary kids. Like, All right. Two six nine ten seventy seven. Let's uh, let's head to the phone lines. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, fellas. I think you're dead on about Michael Lewis. I think it'd be an awesome movie. I think Kurt Warner would be a good one too. You bagging groceries and you get a phone call to come play. You know, backup quarterback, and then you parlay that into a Hall of Fame career. I think. 
both of those would be much more exciting stories than Rudy because, like you said, you know, Joe Montana said Rudy, like, he played two plays, he got a sack, and two guys carried him off the field. It wasn't like the whole team carried him off the field. Yes, it was the, the, like, the stadium was not chanting his name either. I mean, it's true. No, no, that never happened. But it's, what's so funny is, like, you could tell Joe Montana, like, resents that people ask him about that and not about himself. I think you know? he's used to he it. Like, I, think, I think from what I've heard, Josh, is, like, it's a lot of the other players on the team that get annoyed by it. Because, like, Joe Montana is Joe Montana. Right, you know right, what I'm saying? Right, there were a lot of players on that Notre Dame team, which was awesome, that, like, someone finds out they played at Notre Dame, don't even know what year it was. They're like, oh, did you play with Rudy? You know, they're like, <laughs> what is the deal about this? You know what I mean? At this point, Montana's well, I mean, just used to it. But you got to realize, Rudy has a lot of nostalgia, man. That movie was filmed in 1993. I mean, that movie was filmed when the Cowboys were actually good. So it's a lot true. of people look at, back to that, you know, when the Cowboys actually mattered. That was before, you know, Norm was even born, man. And Norm, bro, you need to pick it up with your fantasy team. You need to pick up it with your fantasy team in the in the uh, in the ESPN 1420 uh, league the heat. and take care of business because you know me <laughs> and 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 uh, the Guru. Are undefeated, and I don't. I don't want. I don't want to feel bad if I have to smoke you. And uh, one last thing, Scott. I'm glad you dodged it because you know you probably would have to get your butt whipped too. But I'll hang up and listen. Now, see, first off, the only reason why I lost this week is because I fell into the Gardner Minshew hype, spilled over by Greg Lawner. and he fell into the Gardner Minshew hype too. Making excuses. I, oh, I'm sorry. Like you're blaming Greg. I'm blaming That's Greg. Like you're making excuses. Why? I never so, would have. So, do ever. you give Greg credit when you win in fantasy football? If he gives a good waiver wire uh, pick, yeah. No, no, no. I know this you the don't. F- don't even lie. No, what? you don't. You you don't. All right. So, I went picked up Alan Lazar because <laughs> he was like Norm. He has the most targets deep downfield. Devontae Adams isn't going to play. She pick up Gardner Minshew and Alan Lazard. So I'm like, okay. All right, I can roll with that. Because I had Traquan. Because I'm like, but I'm like, Traquan's you not going to play. Traquan's like, not going to ball out. You don't I'm wanna like, do and it's PPR. So I'm like, could Drew just like force feed him nine passes and end them with 110 yards? Yes, he could. But will he? No, he will not. So that's. Brings in Alan Lazard. Boom, plug and play. He gives me 147 yards and touchdown. Great waiver wire pickup. Yeah, but if you had won. Gardner Minshew, Scott. See that? Nine points. 275 passing yards. Just didn't get the touchdowns. Nine points. Nine points. Should have played Ryan Fitzpatrick. I should have played Ryan (laughs) Fitzpatrick. And I'm like, bruh, nine points. And I had Drew sitting on the bench with a hot 20 with some garbage time, staring me in the face like, hey, hey, ha, ha, Norman, don't take me out again. So now I got to roll with, I got, I'm in four leagues. Four. Four. I got Cam Newton, Dak Prescott, Drew Brees twice. Gardner Minshew. Jared Allen. I hear excuses and, you know, Cue the meme, Cam Newton. I'm just sliding back in my seat. Right now, looking at you, you know, I'm like, come on now. Ah, I'm one and two in the, in the listening league. Yes, I mean, he, he's just bringing it there. I mean, yeah. As long as I beat Greg, I call it a win. Michael Lewis, someone make the movie. Nah, someone do it right. To... Someone make the movie and do it right. So who's playing Michael Lewis? Is that Washington? I got to get no. I got to <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. No, he's not. He's just, he can't. 
No, you got you got to yeah, have somebody Michael B. Jordan. I think Michael B. Jordan. Yes. I think Michael Heck B. Jordan. Heck yeah. Would be the good. problem is now. Look, it's Hollywood, but like Michael B. Jordan seems he feels like he's tall. Yeah, it's feels like he's tall. My, my like thing about Michael 10. Lewis, which is amazing, is he's my height. So <laughs> in in Hollywood, five ten might as well be like six, six two. So no, you, right. you got to find like a good five foot five. But it's true. House. So you, it's, I, I got to find out how tall Michael B. Jordan is. But he he feels tall. He's like slender. Like Lewis is. No, I think he's short. I think he's Michael B. Jordan is six feet tall. He, okay, okay, I'm five eleven, five ten. You know, but he would he would he would nail it. He yeah, would I nail think, it, I and he's kind of like. He's 33 now. Lewis broke into the league late, but with makeup, you could do the young version, and he crushed it. Hey, he nominate the man for an Oscar. Yeah. Just yeah. make the movie. Make the movie. Make the movie. Uh, we need 10%, though. We talked about it. No, Michael, Michael, Michael <laughs> Lewis needs 10%. <laughs> he he going to get here. He's already got the, my, the last thing on, on the beer, man. I'll never forget. So, like, you could, you could be on a practice squad, and back then, early 2000s, you're – few grand a week, which isn't bad, but it, it no health benefits. You know, you get to use the facility and use the trainers there. It's not like you're getting paid in the off season. I mean, it's it's brutal. It's not bad if if you were you know waiting tables, but it's not like when he got his first, like when he made the team and he got a real contract. When he got his first game check, because after a game, win or lose, you got the checks waiting for you, and he was just. Sitting in his locker, and I remember reading the story that he just kept looking at it like, "This is fake. Like there, <laughs> there's something off here." I didn't make more money this. Yeah, week and he, and at that that year he I wasn't even making much, year. you know. And he was just like looking at it, and they said they, he just sat at the locker. He's like, "There's, I think they messed up on it." Like he had to know going in what he was going to get paid, and yet it still was surreal to him until he actually got that first check, and he was just looking at it like this. I mean, I probably I would it. too if I if I was probably Shoot. making like. $30,000, $40,000 a year. I'd be looking at that a, thing. A, a $25,000 check on a Tuesday. <laughs> I'm looking at it like, oh, yeah, y'all tripping. This guy, this supposed to be twenty five hundred. Oh, man. Gosh, Mike, how did it feel? You guys lost the game. It's disappointing. That's when you just don't crack a smile, but inside you're like, I ain't thinking about the game. I just got that check. I can't believe it. I'm about to get 15 more of these. <laughs> All right. We're back in two minutes. Norm bringing the heat. The heat last night, not so much. Don't go anywhere. It's ESP at 1420.com. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather, Norman Locke sitting across from me. NBA Finals game one last night could not have gone much worse for the Miami Heat. Goran Dragic reportedly tore his plantar fascia. Ouch. 
What, status what, what unknown. What is that? Good lord! Have you ever had plantar fascia like on your foot? That is so painful to deal with, and now it's torn. There's one other instance. Joe Johnson, back when he played, tore it in like the first round, and then got like a bunch of injections and like tried to play through it the rest of that round, but did not play well. Like he, he Dragic might play, but if he does, I would not expect much. Did you see it? Like, um, did you see like the close up of it? Yeah. It looked like his calf exploded. Yeah. I was like, man, it looked like exactly like a KD's injury kind of was. And I was like, man, I thought it was Achilles, but I mean. It's it's, it's more of on the foot. Bam Adebayo aggravated a shoulder injury. Jimmy Butler rolled his ankle. No one can guard Anthony Davis. Um, sheesh. That was, I mean, the Lakers led by 30 midway through the third quarter when they were down, what, 11 in the, in the, in the, in the second, early in the second. So, are the finals over, or is it just, hey, it's one game, this Heat team is feisty as ever. You know Jimmy Butler's not going out like that. Uh, how do you feel after week one? Overreaction, or is it justified? It's justified. I, <clears throat> I'm going to say I fell for it, just like I fell for all the hype with the LSU Tigers. Uh, I Well, I, I was I knew the LSU. I told you LSU was going 6-4 and four this year. And Remember, we that was saying, our prediction. We, said, we both said it was like they're going to lose four. So now it's, six and four. Now it's looking like fine. It's just one game. We'll see. But – uh nah, I mean I saw before, you know, Gordon got hurt, before Bam got hurt, before Jimmy rolled his ankle, they the Lakers was destroying them. I think once they went small, they got Dwight Howard out of there and A D started playing the five, it was just no answer, especially when, you know, Danny Green starts hitting shots, it's really nothing. Yeah, they, they were just hitting everything. Yeah, it's like when Danny you know. Green's hitting, it's nothing you could do but Losing, you know, Gordon. Gordon initiates their pick and roll with Bam. That's been killing teams because uh, he starts off with the pick and roll, and then you got Hero or Jimmy cutting underneath the basket for the outlet pass. And it's just like I keep watching that play work over and over and over until they took the white out. And once they took the white out, Anthony Davis started defending the pick and roll. It stopped. When Davis and LeBron both have it going on the same night. It's, it's nothing you do. I, I really don't think there is. ESPN1420.com. I think Josh wants to talk a little more trash. Let's find out. Welcome into the show. Let's go to the phone lines. Hello. Oh, it wasn't about trash. It was just to point out that at the Lakers' biggest Achilles heel is three-point shooting, and they're shooting 63% and a half. You're not winning. You just quit. I don't care who's on the other side of the court, who's healthy, who's not. The one thing I've noticed about the Lakers is that, in my opinion, their Achilles heel has been – they don't have shooters, or they haven't had shooters that played well. And these guys, when I when I went look at the box score while I was watching the game, and I saw that they were shooting sixty three percent from the three, I was like, this this series might end in four if this keeps happening. I mean, it was they couldn't they couldn't miss. It was insane. And like on the bench, all four guys of the bench, I think it was Smart, Caruso, uh, Pope, and somebody else, all were one for one or one for two from the three point line. So it was like. They couldn't miss anything, but I just wanted to, to chime in on that. And one more thing, uh, the beer man should be played by Anthony Mackey. He's a New Orleans native. He's five foot ten, and he and he has he went the, to Saint Og. Yeah, was that? Yeah, he went to Saint Og. I I think yeah, I think he, he's right, he Anthony so Mackey. Yeah, and Mackey, you know Mackey, Mackey would Mackey. love to play it. Oh my God, he he would be licking his chops. He'd probably do it for free. He'd probably be like, I don't Let's want to get, get paid. carried away. No, he, 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 he's I got no problem with the bank account, but he still get paid. Yeah. <laughs> he right, should. Guys, Appreciate it. Now, Mackie's a star. 
Michael B. Jordan is a bigger movie star. Right, right. But, I mean, Anthony Mackie's been in Marvel, all kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows who Anthony Mackie is. Was it Papa 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 Lock or Papa Lock? Yeah, yeah. Nah, nah. <laughs> Clarence Papa Dot Papa Dot. That's it. That's it. Uh, yeah, dude, love Anthony Mackie, and he's right. That guy, that dude. Name's it, Clarence. Comes good parents. Oh, uh, dude, he uh, he's great, and he could do it. Now he's a little bit older, I think. I'm guessing than Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, I think he he might be like 30, 36, maybe thirty seven. Let's see, taking up taking it under. Anthony Mackie is 42. Whoa, okay. He looks, okay. He looks way younger than expected. The thing is, Michael Lewis never actually looked young, though. I, me, I mean, he I'm looks young. like he hasn't aged at all, but I'm talking like he look. I feel like Michael Lewis looks the same now as when he played 18 years ago. Well, I always only see him in a suit. Like, I've, it's, it's, I've seen him in like a football jersey, suit. <laughs> like, I've never seen him in between. Like, so I don't know what to judge it by because it's like. I saw. I've seen him. I've seen him like in just street clothes. Yeah, before. it's always him. like as the ambassador role. He got on the suit, you know. He's or he's, he had his uniform on. So I, I don't know. He, he like you say, he looks the same. But it's like every time I see you in a black or a blue suit, or when I saw you was playing, you was in the uniform. So it, it don't look too different. Anthony Mackie would would definitely uh, be very very good in that role. But he's I think to make the script, man. The heat, the heat, or. Are done. You, if, if Bam isn't a hundred percent, Jimmy, you know, you could say he's going to come and battle, but that ankle, you know, you're just going to need a night too. Where the Lakers are like, like the, when the Lakers lost to Portland in one game and everyone flipped out, and I said everyone needed to calm down. I shouldn't make broad statements like you do. I shouldn't say everyone. Many f- were like burying <laughs> the Lakers after yeah. one loss. Not everyone, and I was like, guys, like they they shot like nine percent from beyond cool. the arc. Like everyone, calm down. All of that happened. They still almost won. And, of course, then they just did the gentleman sweep. I mean, they reeled off four in a row after that. So it's going to take a night like that. And with these players getting injured for Miami, I mean. It's, it's I, that's what I say. I don't even want to watch it. It's a shame I think Miami's probably been the best story from the bubble in terms of team. Um, they're fun, you know. It's They're tough. Uh, you know, team basketball, all the, all, you know, fill in all the cliches. But I think they actually fit in this regard. And they're just they're mentally tough. I hope they can make this thing a series. You know, I thought the Lakers would win in six, but after last night, man, it's it's dude, hard. Like Miami's I, gonna have to bring it Friday night because if it's another lopsided thing, this NBA Finals, even with the Lakers in it, was gonna be tough from a rating standpoint because of the oddity of it and the you know days of the week. How how annoying is it gonna be, Norm, if the Lakers win a championship and then like. A few weeks later, the Yankees win a championship. <laughs> All the fans who the are Dodgers. not from New York. Yeah, or yeah, <laughs> and, and, and your Cowboys. I mean, it could be. The Yankees and Lakers and Cowboys all win. The uh, the front-running fans that are only fans of those through, but have probably never those three franchise. Oh, and then Duke will just win in college basketball. Oh. Yeah. That, oh, that, you, can't, you can't come up with a worse. The Lakers, oh. Dodgers, or Yankees. You think you should you, you the Dodgers like the Yankees? No. No, it's just that no. it, it's a the only way that I don't feel, no. view them like that, but it kind of trumps the Yankees if it's in combination with the Lakers winning. So if maybe you got for the, LA fans. I'm saying yes because I, well, I'll say it gets a national because it'll be like, well, we could just do one parade. We could, you know, LA is just the culture of. 
can't have a parade. But like the Do- the Dodgers do have a lot of fans around the country, but not the way the Yankees do. No, no, like no, you know, no. Lakers, Yankees, Cowboys. No one's indifferent. You love them or you hate them. It's one or yeah. the other. You know, they have a national following. The, the, the Dodgers do to an extent, but I don't think it's anything compared to that of, no. like, put it this way, Lakers, then Celtics, Yankees, is it then Dodgers? Because if it is, that gap is a lot wider it's than, like, Lakers-Celtics. You know right, what I mean? Right. In terms of, like, national I see like cachet like and stuff the Cardinals. like that. Yeah, yeah, right I guess n- so. now. Sure, now. the Cubs the a Cubs, little bit, yeah. but it's still like a big gap. It's yeah. always a huge gap because it's like if you just took a day, took an hour out your day to just walk around maybe the mall or a park and just look at people's fitted caps, it's going to be Yankee fitted caps. Like It's just like that's just the go-to standard first baseball cap you ever get for some odd reason. Not me. Oh, not me, yeah. uh, but it's a Yankee cap. I don't know, like all the rappers, that's like the starter cap you put on your head, New York Yankee cap, like Jay Z's, like I don't know, yeah, yeah, Ti pinstripes, like yeah, pin, like just man, they just came out with a new collab with a store called Kith in Miami with the Yankees, and it's like, why does is a Miami store doing a collaboration with a? Because it's the Yankees. It's the Yankees. Ugh. It's going to be gross if the Lakers win, and then not even a month later the Yankees win. Sports Twitter will be just, oh. Hey, don't let Duke be good in the bubble, oh. the, the March Madness bubble. Oh, my gosh. At least it'll be like months from now. You'll never have a situation where the Lakers and Yankees could win that close to one another. I'm still telling you, if the Yankees and the Dodgers win, with the loss, the debacle of the Clippers. The LA, Yankees and Dodgers play in the World Series. We all lose, right? We losing right now. You know, you know how lit the country would be with the Lakers versus Miami in the finals. Oh, what the clubs if they would be in going? The bubble, right? Yeah, right. man, it'd be going stupid. You have DJ Cali and Rick Ross probably courtside at all the games in Miami. Then you go to LA where you got Snoop Dogg and and and, and Ice Cube on the li- man. What? <sighs> 116 and 98, the final. <laughs> AD was dominant. The heat injuries, those two things, biggest takeaways from uh, a rough beginning to the NBA finals. I, you know, fourth quarter rolls around. I'm like, I'm going to bed. Man, no, well, this, I could this, this is. And I said, just awful. like I said on Twitter, if it's like this game two, I probably won't tune in until game four because <laughs> I'm not about to waste. My time watching LeBron beat up on everything. But another, I don't think LeBron is winning this finals MVP. If you're going by game one, if there's anything like game one, he doesn't win finals MVP. His, his plan is going to be throttled. Like, you didn't win league MVP, and AD is going to win finals MVP. And now you kind of, you know, everybody's he's going to win three finals MVP for three different franchises. ESPN1420.com. Hopefully the Heat have a little something in them to uh, to make this a series. You're listening to ESPN1420, KPEL, Lafayette. I'm Scott Prather. That's Norman Locke. Your White Sox need to win today or they are out of it. They play the Oakland A's Let's go, two. Tim Anderson. Uh, Miami and the Cubs, the Marlins, who have never lost a playoff series ever, ever, are playing a playoff baseball game on network TV at 1 o'clock uh, 2020 truly is an insane year. 
uh, Braves, Reds, Cardinals, Padres, and uh, Brewers, Dodgers all play today. A slate of five games. What is a on Padre? The MLB, uh, it's a good question. I've never. <laughs> I, I'm sure I will look it up. I, it, it might be a plane. That's my guess. Okay. I don't know. I a don't pilot know. Pilot inside. I of don't a know. Small plane. I can't something. believe I've never. We're gonna look it up, and we'll get to the phone lines in a second. Oh, well, I knew this. A Padre is like a priest or a chaplain, like Padre Pio, or. But I, I, I never thought that that's actually what San Diego was referencing. What is their mascot? Oh, it's like a weird looking. <laughs> It's not. It is. It's just like a weird looking creature. That is it does have a. Is it just? I guess Saint. You know, Saint Diego. I guess it. Yeah, yeah. So Padre is father in Spanish. Oh, okay. So I, but I was. I, I never really. Fathers. I don't know why. I never thought of them as like <laughs> they're the fathers. They're so That's they're cool. they're yeah the San Diego the fathers. fathers or the San Diego priests. I always like. I never put that together. Oh, even though I say is, Padre, you call right. priest father, right? Padre. Okay, yeah. so yeah, so San Diego. Roman Catholics often call priests padres, and they do in the Spanish language. Right. And I knew that, but I never, I'm so dumb, I never thought like, oh yeah, the San Diego the padres. Father. I never even thought of that. San Diego fathers. The name of their uh, their mascot is the Swinging Friar. And that's why I don't tune into baseball right there. Now, he has never been the official mascot of the San Diego sports team. Some folks have confused uh, or no, he is he is the official mascot. They used to have something called the famous chicken, which some thought might have been <laughs> San Diego priest, man. The San Diego fathers. Come on now. Ooh. I swear. I can't believe I never even thought of it. Of course. Baltimore just gave Marlon like Humphrey a five-year, $98 million extension. Good for him. Good for him. Let me get 10% Marlon. ESPN1420.com. 269-1077. Phone lines are open. I feel like such an idiot right now. Of course, the Padres. ESPN 1420, hello. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, Scott Norma. I think uh, I was saying it last night. I think uh, I think Anthony Davis is going to win the MVP. I think LeBron is his average, like a little, you know, a, a small Almost triple a triple-double. Double. <laughs> he tried yeah. to get that triple-double. By, by his standards, he's going to average around, you know, triple-double for the series, 23, 22, 23, 24 points, something like that, you know, triple-double-wise. I think AD is going to dominate in the third is every game. He should, anyway. he be in the third is every game, plus 10 rebounds or something like that. I think he's going to win the MVP. Deservedly so, if he does win, I'll be happy for him. But the guy, the guy, like I mentioned a couple of days ago, I believe, I think I talked to you, Scott, but the guy I'm, I'm most impressed with right now and most proud of right now is the guy I've been hard on his whole career. You know that, Dwight Howard. I've been impressed with Dwight, man. Dwight's been helping us big time. You know, he's been coming in with his energy, playing D, and bam, trying to throw himself into him. And those big shoulders look like some car rims. Trying to throw himself into him, and he knocked out his shoulder. You know, so, I mean... I don't know what he was thinking about. He tried to draw like a foul, but it could have gone both ways. It could have been a charge also if he like jumped into him with the shoulder, but he wound up hurting himself some kind of way doing that. So, I mean, but, you know, AD is going to dominate, so he should win the MVP, man. I mean, you know, but the White has really been helping us and stuff. The other guys stepping up. Uh, KCP team was in the first quarter. It looked like the game was over, like, almost in the first quarter. Back I mean, they jumped threes. on us and stuff, and, Got up like by 13 on us early. He jumped on us. I said, oh, Lord, here we go. You know, here we go. All of a sudden, he hit like two or three of them in the corner off a good feed, you know, and stuff. And that kind of got him going. And all of a sudden, it just started flowing. So 
you kind of see Dow Baker in that first quarter. That was a big first quarter for him. Big first quarter. And all, and all of a sudden, the other guys came to play. Rondo, the white, you know, McGee was even the fact that he didn't play last night, so that was good. Morris hit a couple of shots. So the other guys keep hitting shots while Anthony Davis and LeBron do their thing. Yeah, we should win it easy, regardless if Bam and um, Rodgers is hurt or not, or if they come back or whatever happens with those two injuries. I hope you're all right. I hope it's done serious. But, yeah, we should win regardless. But AD will win the MVP, deservedly so. And I'll be proud of him and the wife if we take this thing home. Y'all have a good one. Appreciate it, Ronnie. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I'm, you know, I said it on my show. I think LeBron is is kind of taking that D Wade role, and AD is in that that LeBron's role right now with being the best scorer on the floor. Um, and he, you know, I think that's going to push him over that threshold to get that MVP. Because I mean, the twenty two and ten and ten is cool. I think he had twenty five, thirteen, and nine yesterday. But what AD's doing, you know, if he's going to average 35 and 10 throughout the series, I'm giving it to AD. Eight after the hour. I'm Scott Prather. That's Norman Locke. Okay. Getting back to this Padres thing for a minute. The fathers. So <clears throat> when I heard Padres, I'm thinking, I don't know what a Padre is, but I'm just thinking of it in terms of English version, right? right? I mean, Padre is father in Spanish. Is there another professional franchise in American sports who's – Team name is another language? Mm, I, I don't think it's football. None is football. Can't, there None can't be. Maybe, maybe in the, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think it is in the NHL either. No. <clears throat> I mean, there's not. The San Diego Fathers. That's, that's, from now on, that's all that's, that's going to get called. So, <laughs> so they adopted their name from the Pacific Coast League team that arrived in San Diego in 1936. It was a minor league franchise that won the PSL title in 1937, led by 18-year-old Ted Williams, that is. who is a San Diego native. And the team's name, Spanish for Fathers, refers to the Spanish Franciscan Friars who founded San Diego in 1769. The Fathers... I just I, my mind wasn't going to oh yeah it's it's Spanish yeah, it's I'm like I'm like is it a, is it a plane is it a is it a boat <laughs> the fault I just can't believe I'm 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 in my late thirties and I never even <laughs> see you see you how know, much, the more you know the more you learn you see how much baseball I pay attention to that's <laughs> like, because I hear stuff like that and I'm like it's not right I mean it's not it's, that's not it is right it's I right just, it makes not, perfect sense I'm just a moron yeah <laughs> me personally for yeah. not thinking oh yeah it could be Spanish. Because what we saying, I'm like, I'm trying to figure out in my head, like, how's this spell? All right, there might be another franchise out there that in American sports that is based on, like, a, you know, that, that it's basically another language, but I'm just not thinking of it off the top of my head, but it's, it's quite possible. Ten minutes after the hour of 8 o'clock, ESPN 1420.com, 269-1077. Scott Prey, the Norman Locke. Let's head uh, back to the phone lines. Welcome into the show. Hello. Uh, so I guess the Montreal Canadiens, that, that doesn't count. Because you said North American franchise? <clears throat> well, I said, well, I mean. No, you said American. But, like, Canadians is, like, Canadian in English and French. Yeah. It's not like it's, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> like Quebec Nordiques. I know that was a, a North, but like you said, uh, American um, franchise. Um, I mean, even if you're going to, like, NHL teams in, in Canada, is there one whose, like, team name is just straight French, English? Or not, you know, doesn't work for both. 
I don't know. That's that's that's. I don't think well, there is. Like I can say the Nordiques was a quote. Of course, they don't exist anymore. Yeah, right, um, right. They they're gone. Um. Yeah, I think uh, Padre. There might be the only one. That's crazy, okay, and, I, and that's why, like, my mind. I mean, again, I'm not making excuses. I should have immediately thought of it, but I never even. I just, I, I, my mind's kind of blown that 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 actually is is it, and it makes total sense. And I never even thought about it. But between all the names in in hockey in the NHL, I mean, there's not there's not any. They're all for the most part, you know, Oilers can. They're all mainly just like animals or objects, with the exception of the Canadians. But that's that's not necessarily a different. Oh, okay, I got it. Language. I got one. Astros. I think Astros mean cheating. In Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all have a good one. Thank you. How thrilled are the uh, first of all, the Astros are the Astros are uh in the next round, sweeping the twins, granted it's best two or three. The twins now uh extend their uh, awful eighteen game playoff losing streak. Eighteen straight playoff games lost. That is the longest in the history of North American team sports. Um now by now by by two, and who knows if they'll grow even more next year. But the Astros must be thrilled that they're in the playoffs because now teams can't just throw at them because they're mad at them because there's too much on the line. So there's probably this like refreshed sense of all right, just let it rip. So okay, just did a little Google. <clears throat> San Diego is Spanish, correct? Okay, yeah. So yeah, we are like no, that's what I'm saying. Morons, right, like, right, of course. San Diego yes, is a Spanish San Diego, word, right? So to so the San Diego Padres. In I'm trying Spanish, to defend this by saying, look, no other team goes by a different. By, it's, but, it's fully. But it, but it's a full. Everything, everything is Spanish. Everything. San right. Diego is Spanish. Right. Right. Padres is Spanish. So if you was to say the San Diego Padres, the is Spanish, city was founded by Spanish. Franciscan Padres. Friars, literally. <laughs> it is like literally like the name of the place and where it started. I mean, that's... That's that's kind of self-exciting because I'm looking like, okay, American teams... You know, I names. wonder how many people are listening to us and they're like, these guys are idiots. Like, I've all life. They're just figuring this out just now. I yeah. Googled American yeah. team names in Spanish and what came up is Padres de San Diego. <laughs> I mean, it's the San Diego... Padres is Spanish. Literally, San Diego is, is the first Spanish mission in California founded by priests and friars. They're called the What's San Diego it's it's a it's a a lay um a laity in the Catholic Church. Oh, okay. Um but it's just some people apparently probably refer to them as the friars just to like, you know, act like, you know, remind everyone they know more than the rest of us, but I was just heard Padres and never thought of Same There was this old movie in the 80s that Gary Coleman starred in, and he, like, loved the Padres and, like, helped them go on this run. It was like a TV movie that I think my parents recorded off a of TV on beta or something. I watched it way too much when I was a kid. <laughs> Quarter after 8 o'clock. It's yeah. gone completely off the rails. I, I should apologize, but I won't. Not sorry about it. Fathers. Not sorry about it. ESP at 1420.com. What is... The gritty. Well, if you saw some highlights from the Vikings Titans game, you might have seen former LSU Tiger Justin Jefferson dancing into the end zone with a very specific dance. Norman Locke has now gotten right down to it. I've mastered it. He has found the creator of the gritty. A deep dive from Norm. We'll learn more about it next, ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, 
and the ESPN 1420 app. Welcome back into the great Scott show. The great sports callers open think tank. Scott Prather, Norman Locke, host of the morning lock-in. You heard me. Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. And uh, working on a little project. The Gritty, the newest football celebration. Well, see, that's what uh, talking to him you know, we had to um, give out the origin. So it started in New Orleans uh, in 2017. Real quick, for those that are just tuning in that didn't hear the tease, the Gritty, ESPN1420.com, the Gritty is what Justin Jefferson, if you saw the highlight, Vikings rookie receiver, formerly LSU Tiger, had a big touchdown in the, in the first quarter Sunday and basically just had a free – you know, field to yards, <laughs> and he started doing this dance on his way into the end zone and continued it, and it was like all over social media, all over prime time, Sports Center, all the all, just the whole slew of it. And Norm told me, "Hey, that's the gritty." And now you've you're working on a project covering the the origins of this. Yeah, so um, the kid goes to Southern University. His name is Allen, um, Allen Davis, and his nickname is Gritty. Uh, so uh, he was a cornerback at Landry Walker High School. And while going to Landry Walker, he just made up this. That was that was his celebration whenever he got an interception or, or made a big play. He just started. It's like a variation of like the Dion, you know, shuffle. <laughs> and it's like, um, so he started doing that in 2017. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and. Uh, he befriended Jamar Chase. They're both from the West Bank of New Orleans. And um, Jamar brought it to LSU and started doing it at practice. And then it caught on with his best friend on the team, Justin Jefferson. And with Justin being older than Jamar and, you know, getting, I, I would say, the bulk of the receiving touches um, in 2019 season, uh, it early kind of, anyway. Early, early yeah. Yeah. Uh, it he <clears throat> was the first to debut it, so it already had you know the 2018 football season. Then locally started to bubble in New Orleans amongst the young athletes, but you know as it kept going and getting getting more rampant, like uh, Puka Williams Williamson, I think is his name. Williams, yeah, Williams. for Kansas. He he, I have a clip of him of him doing it. And it's it's just New Orleans players just started just gravitating and then following suit to it until, you know, nationally with the LSU not losing a game and making it to the national championship, it was it was debuted during the national championship. But it's just like you saw them doing it the entire season because he first brought brought it out against Mississippi State 
the 2019 season. And then it just started just going from there. And then now you got Tyreek Hill. You got um, Claude Hilaire did it against the Texans. You have um, Morissette. So now, so now it's, it's starting to become the national. The Other dad. players are starting to do it. Yeah, so it's, it's <clears> now <throat> it's, it's taking a wave because you're going to see more New Orleans-based players doing it. And then you got, you know, the your I, I guess it. your opponents are going to mock you like kind of like how Teddy Bridgewater and the motorcycle. Uh-huh. Your opponents are going to mock you and try to do it. Just like the Mississippi State players, as soon as they beat LSU, they started doing they started doing the gritty to mock them. They started doing the get the gat live on Instagram and you know, it's as weeks go on, it's going to become the most popular dance in the NFL and college. Like it's it's the new dab. It's just so it's amazing that like this kid just made it up in high school after an interception, and now it's all over the NFL. It gets crazier. So he <clears throat> makes it up in 2017, right? 18, his friends are like, you have the dance, but it's, it's it's a dance to no music. It's just a dance. So he's like, you know, I need to make a song. <laughs> so he gets with another uh, local high school football player by the name of Kenneth Brother, and he creates a song called Get Gritty. It's available on iTunes, <laughs> and it the song is made to tailor to the dance, not the other way around. So he's working really hard to try to get this thing out. Well, n- not mean, how's truly. How's the song doing? The, the song is doing okay because again, that means the, it's not doing great. It's not doing. It's great. not doing great. Let's be real. Because it's it was the song was made to tailor to the dance, not I made the dance to the song. So how's the song? It's horrible. <laughs> Does it have any bad language in it? It's so gritty that I, I, I it's crazy that I'm using. I'm just, that word. I'll play it, but I don't want to play it if like it is it too dangerous to play. Mm, I say we'll take a break and I will re-listen to it just to make well, sure. Well, listen to it. We might have to play get so. All right, what's it? It's called get gritty. Okay, so there's also official tutorial to the gritty dance performed by Gritty. Song credits to Kenneth Brother. That that is the song. Gritty. So. Uh, Kenneth Brother was a, a you know, a, a good football player. I don't know his total stats, but he played for Southern University and he won a, a bowl game, a celebration bowl, I think I want to say, with Southern University. So he was a – Kenneth Brother is a, was a football player making a it rap has, song. It has an explicit lyric warning, so we're not going okay, okay. to play it. So he, you know, it's like a New Orleans football thing and it's just like as you see more and more players – the. the the video I'm going to put out Friday, tomorrow, is going to highlight, is going to show all the different players who are just doing it. And it's, you know, the next, the only thing I can expect and what he's expecting is as each week goes on, more touchdowns are scored, more interceptions are, are had, it's going to keep getting bigger. It's, it's the new dab. ESPN1420.com. It's wild. Looking forward to uh, to seeing that, hearing more about that. 269-1077, 269 one zero seven seven coming up on uh, eight thirty. Um, as we uh, continue here on the show, resetting. We have talked. Uh, we've talked some Cajuns, Tigers. We've talked Saints. Uh, biggest concerns about the Saints for me right now. It's the defense. A lot of folks are pointing to Drew Brees. I'm that secondary just had an, an absolutely horrendous showing. Um, it, it is. Aaron Rodgers. Like, that's the only, like, like. Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard. Um, What's crazy is he, like, he's leading 
He's like top five in like a bunch of like pro football focus stats. Even though like I I laugh at all the pro because it's like pro football focus got a stat for literally everything. Breeze is still overlooking open receivers. We both agree on that. Uh, but his accuracy at least was back underneath, um, which wasn't in weeks one and two. When so that's it, a and we disagree about that too though because it's, it's easy to be accurate with like that seven like that touchdown <laughs> to Alvin. That amazing touchdown that Alvin did. That's not that's you say that's easy. Now that one, that one, yes, he's, he's just throwing it to <laughs> him like across crazy. the field, and Alvin's doing the rest. But where you hit those guys on on all the short stuff, you if you want to call it dinking, call it whatever you want. How you hit it and where 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 they catch it on their body makes all the difference in whether it's going to be a two yard gain or potentially a first down, dude. Jared Cook left that game with a groin injury in the third. Didn't come back. Didn't practice yesterday. That's that's, That's that that should be Mike, you might Mike, get Michael Thomas back, which is important, but then you lose Jared Cook. Yes, you one is better than the other, but you'd rather not have to lose one of those. Man. And then That's, this is Mike Thomas coming back and this is his first week. Um and he might not. Expect. He could have a set. All we know is that he he practiced on a limited basis yesterday. And you know, I I'm the minute he comes back, that first game he comes back, I don't expect the regular Michael Thomas, you know. Um so I can't Again, like you said, that the Detroit game is funny because they got Darius Slay. You know, he's a stud. Um, Tracy Walker's just racking up tackles left and right, he's man. Playing, he's playing, and he's playing all the snaps at, at safety position. So, you know, their secondary isn't slouches, but, I mean, they, if Alvin did that to Green Bay, I can only imagine what he's going to do to Detroit. I've seen Detroit, their last two games, they gave up over 100 yards rushing. So, you know, if the Saints can just, you know, ram that that uh, Latavius Murray, Alvin Kamara, you know, tandem, uh, it, Saints can, it, it, it could, you know, favor into they, they. They can't be undisciplined on defense with penalties, with lapses in coverage, uh, where you could see the same story again in terms of the Saints defense, what you've seen the last two weeks. Um, it's when, when it's, it's, look, you're one and two, it's week four. You've got seven playoff teams in each conference this year, and yet when you're a team with you know that's that's literally saying Super Bowl or bust, it 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 feels like a must win. And and there's what there's like four NFC teams that don't have a win yet. Like you know, so it's like like you said with that extra playoff. Just loves to play for the tie, man. Just loves to play for the tie. And uh, don't even get me started on the Eagles. Eagles fans can't they no they can't talk to me. So right now. I've got the ten highest paid athletes in the world in twenty twenty. Just twenty twenty, not all time, just specifically this calendar year. In the entire world, there are two NFL players that made the list. And you can see it over at ESPN1420.com. I put it up, breakdown, photos, all of it, uh on uh, on Tuesday earlier this week. Go go search for it. Two on the list. Any idea who they are? They're number ten and number nine, so they barely cracked the top ten. But most is it money. is it just this year's salary? Salary you could throw in, you know, bonus, all that stuff. What they made specifically this year? Salary and endorsements. I see Russell Wilson. Okay, because um, I think he is the highest paid quarterback this year. Um, and what's a non-football? I mean, a non-quarterback. I know they got somebody's making like a stupid. Right. It's not. Number 10 on the list, highest paid athletes in the world in just the calendar year of 2020. Number 10 is Carson Wentz. <laughs> okay. Number nine is Kirk Cousins. How? 
And it's not like either of them are making a ton of endorsement money. No, I know. I know. Kurt, Kurt got a guaranteed contract. You factor in the bonus money. I guess the 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 bonus kicked in for Wentz this year, but dude. Oh no, this the contract is, is horrible. This is, this is according to Forbes. So like, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, just, I'm no. not looking this stuff oh, up on no. on you know. The contract is horrible. Like right now, they was talking smack about get Jared Goff's contract and how they on the hook for ninety two million. Whoo, you. Eagles, you're on the hook for $92 million. <laughs> And then you see Big Nick, Mr. Golden Eagle, come in and check come in in Chicago. And of undefeated course, undefeated Bears. Atlanta has to, you know, do what they do. And he's still the head coach. How is Snyder still the head coach? I mean, sorry, not Snyder, Quinn. How is Dan Quinn still the head coach? Because. I wouldn't How even is he say, still the head coach? I wouldn't even say, who are you going to replace him with? Do you you honestly want somebody else on that staff to take the team? Holy cow. <laughs> it's like, okay, all right, we're going to fire you. I mean, dude. Who's the who's the backup coach? Who's the, who's, who's the assistant coach? Prob- I'm guessing Raheem Morris because he's been a head coach, but I don't know for a fact who the who the assistant head coach is. And it's like, man, we got we got to fire one A and one B. <laughs> we got to cut bait with everybody. I mean, with the way that defense has looked. All Bring right, the, the interns. <laughs> the assistant head coach is Jeff Ulbrich, the linebackers coach. And how bad of the – no disrespect, Deion Jones, but the linebackers have looked awful in Atlanta Horrible. the first couple of weeks. Yeah, um, Deion Jones hasn't looked well. Oh, never um, mind, never mind. I'm, this, this is old news. So. Oh, it's old? Okay. Let me, let me make sure. Let me make sure. Yes, he is the assistant head coach. So it is Jeff Ulbrich. He and he, um, so they got to so, release like the first four people. <laughs> like they got to, they got Jerome Henderson, Atlanta's defensive back, secondary coach, along with Travis Jones, the team's assistant defensive line coach, uh, were let go at the end of last season, and they replaced him with Jeff Ulrich, who um, was also the team's assistant head coach when he came in. Raheem Morris is the D coordinator. So this is his first season. Uh yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Well then, yeah, he got he got another season. <laughs> he he he's still okay. But everybody else who's been here over three hundred and sixty six days, you got to go. Well, you got rid of two guys last year, and and now the guys you replaced them with on the staff just look even worse. Well, I give them a little bit of leeway because you got to get that old regime out of there because them players probably don't want you don't want them players in your scheme. That's the only thing with new head coaches. I give you a two year window. In the first year, you have a chance to cut bait with the players that don't fit your system or you don't want your system going forward. Then year two, I need to see improvements. It might not show on paper, but I need to see that the team is rallying behind you, and I need to see you at least come up in big-time situations. You might not be the winner of the games, but in situations, you have to be big-time. And from what the Atlanta Falcons have showed, Three weeks in, everybody got to go. You got to give it to them, though. It consistent. <laughs> no one knows their brand better than the Atlanta Falcons. Like, they truly understand their brand, and they live up to it, like, every week. So how would you feel if you're the the guy, let's say Julio and Matt Ryan's the guys on that, in, that, in that team? I wouldn't want to, like, I, I would be so ashamed each week to go to my quarterback and look him in the face like, bro, how the heck we keep losing these games and we up by this amount of points? 
Like me, it, it, me it, and it, you have to have a heart to heart. At one point, it just it becomes like a mental thing to the the comeback started. Yes, the defense was bad for Atlanta, but suddenly Matt Ryan's throwing incompletions on third down, and they're not even close. He throws the pick to end the game. It's like, bro, you played good for like three quarters, but all of that pressure starts coming down to you, and it's like, up, oh, the Falcons are going to Falcon here. No team had blown 15 or more point leads in the fourth quarter in a single season. The Falcons did it two <laughs> weeks. It, it, it did it in, in, in two weeks. With time to go. This is not over with. Oh, you got a chance to come down the field and win. So and then you throw a This pick. is my question. What's the over or under on how many more 15-plus leads will the Falcons give up this season? 13. <laughs> 13, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a push. They'll do it every week. No, I'm kidding. Um, dude, it, it and look, Chicago, I watched that game. Chicago had... Uh, they had fifty. They had a touchdown in the end zone that got reversed, that got turned <laughs> into a pick, and then in like the fourth quarter, they had another touchdown in the end with, zone with that Allen, got reversed because he they he said he fumbled it, it and yeah. it was a question. So like these things usually happen to the team that blows the fifteen point lead, not the team that comes back from fifteen down with a little time left in the fourth quarter. Switch quarterbacks. A quarterback that didn't get a preseason, that didn't get a snap. Yeah, but that's Big Nick, dude. I know, but it's, you got to He's add, packing you gotta the heat. Make it, He's packing the heat. You got to make it worse for Atlanta fans. You have to, you know, he didn't play a lick of football since, what, since like. He played like, he played week one last year, and then he came back in like week, I don't know, 10 and got hurt briefly or something. You know what I'm saying? And he came in and beat the Atlanta Falcons. He hasn't played meaningful <laughs> football since 2018 with the Eagles. Bruh, it's like only. Matt Ryan and the Falcons. Now, like now they get to go to Green Bay on Monday night. I really it's gonna sound crazy. No, I really hope they're up by like I know you do <laughs> in the fourth quarter. And I Alan, really hope they're up by, by multiple by double digits. Because we all know what's going to happen. Every single one of us. Aaron Rodgers to Aaron Lazard with five seconds left for the lead. I just Look, there was some there was some rough times as as a Saints fan growing up. I won't even lie, but when that like the Falcons have they just it's not like they're the worst franchise in American sports, but now they are like synonymous with you want to blow a, a giant you want to make NFL history I the wrong think, way. Just get just let the Falcons do it. Like I feel like rise up, wise up, get the hell, get, get rid of the coach. <laughs> what are you I doing? Change, they got to change that that moniker. Rise That's, up. So it's I think every. Maybe, you know, not every. Most teams have had at least one year where they're the national media's darling. And I feel like Atlanta hasn't had that since Michael Vick and Warren Dunn. And it's like nobody, it's like outside of, I can't even say the whole Georgia supports the Falcons. Outside of Atlanta, outside of the Michael Vick, Warren Dunn, even the year they went to the Super Bowl, it's like, Oh, there was plenty of just bandwagon jumpers. It's not like you you see a game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, even when there's no social distancing in a normal year, where you're like, "Boy, they packed that they thing," pa- and they're this is they piped in fake crowd noise and because they couldn't get people. Hyped. And I'm like, "Is you know what is like you say the brand of the Falcons?" I think like Atlanta sports fans, specifically sports fans in the city of Atlanta that root for the teams in Atlanta, on the hierarchy of like sports fandom in cities, like they're at. They're near the very bottom of the list. 100%. Yeah. 
It's like, and I know a bunch of people from Atlanta, and it's like, are you you, you ask them like, oh, so what's your favorite team? Oh, the Falcons. <laughs> like the Braves, the Braves have a strong fan base, but a lot of their fans are not like from the city of Atlanta yeah, no, or like just the immediate the, They just rocked the gear. They just put the A on And that. they like might have seen them when they were young on Turner Sports and they became a fan. Like I, I have a few friends that are huge Braves fans, but they did not grow up in Atlanta. No, you don't see. Now, this, this is what I've noticed how horrible Atlanta fans are to the Falcons. You don't see any other prominent, like new, I wouldn't even say new, like younger celebrities Supporting him, like you know, you could see, um, you know, let's see, uh, you know, Master P in a Saints jersey or a Pelicans Anthony jersey. Mackey. I mean, Anthony, he, you know, Wendell Pierce, like hardcore catching Harry Connick Jr. Um, Ellen, Twenty One Savage, Lil Baby. You're not catching them in Falcons they, jerseys. They, the only time, like, like when they when they went to the Super Bowl a few years ago and blew a 25 point lead in it, I remember there was like a, a picture of Big Boy. Uh, for those that don't know, he's part of Outcast, sitting in the upper deck with some fans. And, like, everybody was, like, on social media, like, look at this. He's, like, one of the people. He's, I'm like, but that's not a good he's look. 40. Like, like he's 40. Like, well, he's 40. And, and, and he's <laughs> sitting in the stands because he probably couldn't get a sideline pass. Like, Kevin Hart, like, claimed that he was a Falcons fan when they went to the Super Bowl, like, one time. It's like, bro, I've never heard you talk about them, like, in your life Ever. on anything. Ever. How, how does he not have a comedy? He probably does. I was like, I know all the stand-up. How does he not have a comedy bit about that team? Because it's the Falcons. There's some, there's some things funny. you just can't make <laughs> funnier than they make themselves. And so how do you even turn it into a comedy bit? Like, I can't, again, you can't make this up. And it's like, you 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 know, imagine growing up and going to college in Atlanta and, and, and it's not Georgia. <laughs> like, you're a Georgia State fan. And a Atlanta Falcon fan, and you only maybe Georgia, Tech. maybe Georgia Tech, but it's like it's a tech, so it's it's a technical school, so everybody doesn't go there. It's not the majority school, so it's like you you know you either went to Morehouse, Georgia Tech, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, or Georgia. Well, you know, if you're not rooting for the Bulldogs, who are you really rooting for? <laughs> like, you know. So I, you know, it just sucks to be an Atlanta sports fan. Again, everybody just rocks the Braves hat just for the hat. I can't, I, don't, I can't, I don't know anybody who's really like, a Braves fan. You know, the Hawks. Like, is there a more? No, nobody support the Hawks. Right, like, like Gucci man. That's it. Gucci man. That's 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 literally the only like Gucci man Migos. But again, they're gonna go. That was like. That one year that Atlanta was good, they had, they had like four All Stars, and then they lost in the second round. They lost in the first round. Was it the first round? They lost in the first round. I thought it was the. It second was the round. only team I want to say the. Let me not say only. It was a a team that gets swept in the first round I as a it number was the one. Second. I don't, I don't think I don't think they got swept by an eight seed. No. I don't know. It was, I think it was the second round they got swept by maybe the Cavs. Oh, right? so they. Um, the NFL will be rescheduling the Tennessee Titans Steelers. <laughs> and reports are that they're leaning toward um what's the, the the what last one I read was that they're leaning toward Monday and it would be part of a doubleheader would be nationally televised. And that you know, nothing's wrong with that except for my sleep schedule. They'd put it on CBS at four o'clock. So network TV at four on a Monday. Steelers Titans followed by you know you got to go to Adam Scheffler to be. Yeah, that's not that's not official yet. I saw Pro Football Talk put that out there as a possibility. 
Okay. Um, Adam Scheffler said 14 minutes ago that it, it will be reschedule, rescheduled for later this season as of uh, Oh, so later this is whole? The whole season. So it's, there, it's, that's from Adam. I only trust Adam. Okay, no, hey, if that's, that's the one that I read earlier. Was, it said uh, two more positive tests came this morning, oh, well, which it, brings then. the total to 11 within the Titans organization. That's a wrap. Five players, six employees, including some defensive assistant coaches. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. I'm going to have to get my guy Tyron Davison, uh, 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 Doron, on uh, ESPN Insider for the Titans. I'm going to have to get him on this Sunday. All right, so how are they going to reschedule this? They're going to have to put it on the bye week. And yeah, but what if the their bye, bye weeks week. don't don't sync up? Whew. Are they just going to build up, build in an extra week before the playoffs so they can put all kind of games there? Jeez, so the Steelers, so the... That's hard. See. That's tough. Reschedule... Later on this season, so their bye week is the twenty fifth, and the Steelers play the Ravens that day. So their bye weeks don't sync up. So would it make sense to put it on a make them have a short week and make them play a Thursday? The Ravens bye week is a week later. Well, I'm saying no, you can't play. I mean. Well, I'll, I'm saying in the sense of I know that they're, they're both. Uh, yeah, nah. I don't know how they're gonna. Job. How are they gonna do it? <laughs> Ooh, boy, the, the, NFL, the NFL. They eh, probably should have. Maybe they do. Maybe they just. I think here's what I think they're gonna do. They're gonna wait and see how many more times this happens, and, then, and they're gonna oh, hope and week. pray it's not with the same team. Okay, and okay? then build but which one additional what the week. Steelers, right? Put the playoffs back one week, then you got to reschedule the Super Bowl. But reports were that they gave themselves that labor. That's not easy, man. That's not easy for no, for you should have gone into the season. And but then, so the one seed gets like three weeks before they even play a game. I mean, all this 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 is COVID, this is changing. COVID was coming for the NFL sooner or later. Correct, and this is going to um, this is monumental on how the NFL handles other cases. How we're going to develop um, protocols going forward? Because if we again, if this happens to say, all right, this it's the Titans organization, so they're canceling the game, so it affects two teams. But say if it was two teams and it affects four teams, it's yeah. like, what if this? What if it happens to the Steelers later this year? What if it happens to them next week? What if it happens to an undefeated It was nice. Team? Hey, the first three weeks were nice while they, while they, went, a, off, <laughs> while they went off relatively um, stress-free in terms of COVID stuff. It's like we got to – again, it's, it's week to week. That's why That's why I, I'm – me personally, Norman Locke, I'm living 48 hours every 48 hours. Because right now everything is just so up and up in the air and ever changing. It's like anytime I start planning, like super planning something is, it come Josh Guillory or here come uh, somebody else just like changing the plans. And now here's the uh, the NFL statement on the Steelers Titans game: the Pittsburgh Tennessee game scheduled for Week Four will be rescheduled to later this season. After one additional Titans player and one personnel member tested positive for COVID-19 today, an announcement of the new game date will be made shortly. The decision to postpone the game was made to ensure the health and safety of players, coaches, and game day personnel. The Titans facility will remain closed, and the team will continue to have no in-person activities until further notice. So are they going to start jumbling around various teams' schedules? 
to try to make this happen and build it in, right? So multiple teams have to change their schedule in regards to trying to fit the bye weekend at the same time so that the Steelers and Titans can make it up. How happy your TV network's going to be if it ends up being a marquee game. You can get away with it this year because – for the most part, you don't, you know, you're not having your your full allotment of season ticket holders and game day operations and things like that. But they say they're going to make an announcement shortly. We'll see what it is. Uh, Troy, a, a Braves fan, says, "Tell Norman it really doesn't suck to be a Braves fan. That's really a bad thing for him to say." Well, I'm saying it's not. I didn't say it sucks to be a Braves fan. I just say Atlanta residents don't truly rep the Braves. They just wear the apparel. <laughs> like it's just like. Everybody has a like Usher in the U video. He had an Atlanta Braves hat on. Have you ever seen Usher at an Atlanta Braves game? Probably won't ever find one. I've never seen him. Uh, so I, I mean, Ti, I've seen Ti rock Atlanta Braves hats. I've never seen. Uh, I know. I know people from Atlanta. I know a lot of people from Atlanta. Actually, I actually have some some family on my mother's side, on my grandmother's side, who still live in Georgia and grew up around there. They don't. They don't care about the Braves. Every Brit now look. Do they the have Braves, a Braves hat though? No, I don't. Probably, maybe. That's that's what I'm saying. Bulldogs they, hats. Pr- they probably like, have a hat. There, but don't. there are a lot of hardcore Braves fans, and they're not from Atlanta. Sorry, I'm sorry that that everybody likes the hats. Cool, it's blue and red. You he know? says you flat out said it must suck to be an Atlanta fan. Is that a false statement? Like, like, I like is, is that a false fate? Like, I didn't suck to be a Braves fan. Sucks to be an Atlanta fan. Like, if you're a Georgia State, Georgia Southern fan, not your football team isn't that good in your in your conference. If you're a, a Morehouse fan, you're not the top of HBCU football. If you're if you're a if Georgia you're a Falcon, Bulldog if you're fan, a Falcons fan. Oof. Like I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You might as well go over, like jump over to the state and go be a Bama fan. Like if you're a Bulldog fan, what have you won? Auburn's just across state lines, by the way. Yeah, you know what have you won in Atlanta? What have you won? Like I'm sorry. ESPN fourteen twenty. I'm not even LSU. I don't even root for LSU, but I'm sorry. <laughs> like I'm sorry. Sorry, the Cajuns and LSU is better than Georgia Southern, Georgia State, and Georgia Bulldogs. I'm don't sorry. forget about Georgia Tech. I'm so, the I, Yellow Jackets. I, I say La Tech and Georgia Tech might be even. What about Texas Tech? What about Virginia Tech? They're way better schools than Georgia which, Tech. Which of the four techs is the best with sports? Virginia Tech, by far. Blacksburg, they, they do some good things there. They do some good things. All right, 10 till the top of the hour. We're going to take a quick two-minute break. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Scott Prath the Norman Locke. We will quickly, quickly... Make our week four NFL picks. Don't go anywhere. All right, let's go through it. Scott Prath, the Norman Locke, host of the morning lock-in, 8 a.m. Sunday mornings. Mark your uh, calendar, your alarm, your phone. Just do it. Listen. Do it. Do it. The worst game on the entire NFL schedule is tonight, the, the Broncos and the New York Jets. We're making our picks, Norm. Let's go. Let's get it. What you got? <sighs> Who you got? I feel like the Jets might win this one. 
Oof. As they start, uh, Brett Riffin will start a quarterback for the Broncos. Yeah, I'm, I'm picking the Jets. <laughs> I don't like his name. <laughs> I'll take Denver because the Jets have been a train wreck. Uh, all right, let's just go through it. Colts at Bears. Soldier Field. I feel Big like the, Nick against Big Phil. I feel like the Colts win this one. I think the, I think the Bears escaped uh, by the skin of their teeth. I think it's, it's the, the cows are going to come home. I have picked the Colts every week. I'm going to take the Bears. Bengals, Jags. Uh, Bengals, Jags. Uh, Boy, there's some rough games, There's huh? some rough games. I'm taking Bengals. I think Joe Burr gets his first win. I do as well. Browns and Cowboys. You you know. Dallas. Saints at Detroit. Saints. Yeah, I guess so. They better. <laughs> they, they better. better. They better. Seattle at Miami. Seattle. Yep. Chargers at Tampa. Tampa. The Washington football team hosting the Ravens, who are angry. I'll take the Ravens, Ravens. by a thousand. Yes. Yeah. Arizona at Carolina. Ooh, Cardinals coming off a loss, tough loss. Um, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick the Cardinals though. Tough loss. It's gonna be a good game though. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll take Arizona as well. Houston hosting Minnesota. Who gets off the Schneid? Ooh, two losers. Uh, I picked the Vikings to win last week, and it looked I'm, like they, they were. Yeah, they I blew know, it. Bro. They blew it. Uh. I'm a I'm a go with the Vikings. I I'm still not sold on this Texans team. I told you this Texans team is just offensive weapons. I think uh, I think Houston will get it done at home. Get off the snide. Rams, Giants. We both got the Rams. Let's yeah. be real. Chiefs, Patriots. Boom! After what I saw, Patrick Mahomes do with that football. Good lord. <laughs> Good. <laughs> He's Lord. like the best quarterback I've ever seen. Like it's, everybody keeps saying it, but it's it's, it's, it's absurd. It's, it's, absurd. it's, it's uh, absolutely I'm glad absurd that that everybody agrees. Like he is the best throw of the football. Like I'm sorry, Patrick. Mahomes. That is just going with the Chiefs. <laughs> like I'm uh, looking, like watching Aaron Rodgers throw the football when he was younger. He was like, you know, wow. But watching Patrick Mahomes. It's like, just not fair. This kid can do it all. Go back to 95. I said the Chiefs were 13-3 and that year. If you had showed them a video of Patrick Mahomes and said, this is the NFL in 25 years, everyone would have flipped out and been like, oh, my God. What is happening? What is going to happen to the human race in the next 25 years? But it's just him. It's just him. The Chiefs. It's, It's literally him and Russell Wilson. It's like, it's him, Russell Wilson, and everyone else. Like, nobody else is on the point. I think Russell has like 14 touchdowns yeah, right now. Something crazy. Mahomes is. The things he can physically do are absurd. Uh, Vegas and the Bills. Bills. Buffalo. Josh Go Mafia. Allen. Josh Allen doing big things. San Francisco and Philly. Yeesh. I, I got San Francisco. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not rolling. Tennessee and Pittsburgh. We got COVID. Green Bay and Atlanta on Monday night. Come on, let's be real. What's the what's what you, what's the spread for that one? What's the, um? Give me a second. You're taking the spread. The spread in this one is Green Bay minus seven and a half. The over under is fifty six and a half. Fifty six. I'll take the over. I mean, but Green Bay's averaging forty one again. Atlanta's say, averaging so going, thirty, but they give up thirty six. I'm gonna take the over. I'm gonna take the over as well. And Green Bay. That's it for the great Scott show. Norman, always enjoy chat with you on Thursdays, buddy. We'll be listening Sunday morning, all right? Yes, sir. All right, don't go anywhere. Steve Peliquin's next with Beyond the Game. Things are changing.